the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. George Rodriguez once again. El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Welcome to the show on this Saturday, July 20th, 2019. So, uh, all right, so let's chat about what's been going on regarding uh, illegal immigration uh, and the border crisis here in our area, as well as other topics. We've got uh, a couple of very, very good guests with us today. Uh, first of all, we're going to have um, Mr. Luis Burrola, who is Luis is uh, one of the founders of uh, or the founder of Texit. And Texit uh, is not to be confused with Texans exiting or Texas exiting the, the, the union. Because uh, there is another Texit uh, like that. But this is Tejanos exiting the Democratic Party. And uh, Luis is going to uh, is gonna chat with us uh, about uh, what uh, inspired him to organize this uh, group and um, what it is that they are planning to do to help Tejanos, to help uh, Hispanics of, uh, of Mexican descent here in the Texas area, to leave uh, the Democratic Party and to uh, embrace their conservative values. So uh, we'll hear from them. We're also going to hear from my good, very, very good friend, Manfred Wendt. Manfred Wendt uh, is a young man who was here at Trinity University. It's where I met him. And he was, uh, he was president of the Young Conservatives uh, at Trinity. And uh, now he is, uh, he is working with the uh, Young Conservatives of Texas, an organization based in Dallas who uh, helps with, uh, who works with um, college students uh, who are uh, conservative, who are trying to um, learn more about the, the conservative movement. And um, so well, we're going to hear from him as well. Uh, lots of challenges for young people uh, who are conservative uh, on the college campuses, particularly, particularly uh, in, in the larger ones. I mean, um, we had a, an incident over at uh, Texas State not too long ago where, young, where some young freshman uh, not um, being conscious of what's going on around him anymore, or, or not anymore, but now, I mean, now that he's on a, uh, on a college campus, uh, walked through a crowd with a MAGA hat, uh, Make America Great hat, and uh, promptly got uh, jumped on. <laughs> so um, we, uh, we're going to chat with Manfred about that. Um, but uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and, and, and go through some... Um, updates of what's been going on with regards to uh, illegal immigration and the border crisis, my friends. And one of the very, very interesting things is the reaction of folks who are supposed to be enforcing the law. For example, in New Jersey last week, the attorney general threatened the police department. Yes, threatened the police departments of New Jersey, the independent police departments in New Jersey, threatened them uh, with, uh, with action against them if they cooperated with ICE. Uh, as you know, we've got uh, the um, the uh, immigration folks, the immigration officials have started uh, rounding up criminal aliens. OK, we're not talking about, you know, Juana or Maria that works, uh, you know, at the at the taco stand. We're talking about criminal aliens, folks who have warrants for arrests. That's who they're going after. They're not going after folks uh, who are out there picking picking uh, lettuce or whatever. These are the folks that have criminal uh, backgrounds. And uh, somehow the, that, does, that, that doesn't register with the New Jersey Attorney General. Uh, he um, threatened the police departments of New Jersey and, New, and the state of New Jersey that, they would, uh, that he would take action against them if they cooperated with ICE. Incredible. Uh, on the other hand, we've got uh, the House Democrats. Uh, there was another tragedy this past um, about six months ago where a uh, Salvadoran woman, uh, her daughter, her 19-month-old nine, nine, daughter, 
uh, died from uh, pneumonia and a few other complications. Now, the uh, issue immediately is um, the blame that it's being dwell- that's being uh, uh, heaped upon uh, the border patrol for like like somehow they infected her with with the pneumonia. I mean, you know, it, it is a, incredible, incredible. So anyway, the, the House Democrats held a um, uh, held a uh, a hearing on the issue and accused the um, border patrol for not uh, doing it to uh, provide medical attention, et cetera, et cetera. Again, the reality is this is the reality that the woman knew that the child was sick when they apprehended her. That the child was given. Uh, was taken immediately to a hospital, given attention, provided proper medical attention. The child was released into the custody of the woman. And then the woman, the mother, was released because she claimed asylum and there was no room at the inn, so to speak. So she was released. Three months later, the child dies. Three months later, the child dies. Now, my friends, I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I just don't see the connection. I just don't see the connection. So uh, if anybody is responsible for the death of chi- the child, I think it's, uh, it's the mother. But I am being heartless. Then there's the issue of uh, judicial tyranny. This is, again, one of these situations where a federal judge has uh, ruled that uh, President Trump uh, cannot change lawyers to argue the case of the citizenship uh, question in the, in the 2020 census. Let me make sure that you understand this. This is a judge who is telling the Trump administration that they cannot change lawyers, that they cannot change lawyers to argue the case of the 2020 census that uh, that uh, Mr. Trump wants to include the uh, citizenship question on. Now, uh, imagine this, my friends, imagine that you've got an, you've got an attorney that is not well versed in uh, in a certain uh, realm of uh, of the law that you want to uh, you want to you, you want to pursue in the court, and so what do you do? Well, you get another lawyer. You find somebody who is competent, if not uh, no, uh, knowledgeable, of that issue. So this is what uh, the president has done: is he switched attorneys to folks who know how to argue about the issue of the census cases? Okay, and uh, immediately the uh, there was there was a, a judge that said, "No, you can't change attorneys." I you know. Um, it, to me, it's mind-boggling. I'm sorry. It just is, is mind-boggling. Then you've got the issue in New York. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, New York uh, recently, Andrew Cuomo, the, mayor, the governor of New York, uh, recently passed legislation uh, where uh, illegal aliens are allowed to give, are, are given driver's licenses. Okay. And uh, again, everybody in New York applauded that because, you know, it's the right thing to do. It's blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, one of the clerks, one of the county clerks of New York, has uh, determined that this violates his um, uh, oath of office, that he has sworn to uphold the laws of uh, the state of New York as well as the laws of the, of, of the United States. And this law puts him in a quandary where he cannot, uh, in good conscience, provide uh, licenses, driver's licenses, to uh, folks who have broken the law to enter the United States. Well, it, you know, uh, again, the uh, state of New York, the attorney general in New York, uh, has uh, decided that he's going to file suit and, and uh, go, uh, go against this, uh, uh, this individual who uh, is uh, determined to uh, follow the Constitution as opposed to uh, the entire state of New York. Uh, again, let me ask my friends, what's the point of being a legal uh, citizen of the United States? If uh, illegal aliens have the same rights, privileges, and benefits, I mean, uh, what, what, what is it? Um, also, also, a very, very interesting story that came out uh, from the Daily Wire uh, of a report that um, uh, the Democrats and the media uh, are all considered con- continue to think that all Latinos uh, sympathize with illegal immigration, and uh, apparently there are several. Polls that uh, are now showing that that's just not the case, and people are, uh, you know, that these these, these Democrats and the and the media are really barking up the wrong tree on this matter. Uh, also, great amount of pushback in the black community against illegal Im- aliens. Uh, you know, somebody better tell somebody better tell the Democrats uh, in Congress and uh, in in the party hierarchy. Finally, there's the issue, my friends, of. Uh, uh, of the violence that has broken out against uh, in the immigration authorities. It is really, really sad. Um, this past week, there was um, 
an attack at a detention center in uh, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, a, uh, some guy was th- actually throwing firebombs into the center. Then there was the attack in Denver where they tore down a flag uh, and hoisted a Mexican flag. Uh, again, my friends, it's gotten uh, this past week. There was also uh, protests in Washington, D.C. in front of the uh, immigration office. It has gotten out of control, my friends. It's gotten out of hand. And, uh, you know, this is this is uh, I, I'm trying to, you know, we try to figure out why there is the, this pushback in, in an effort to try to protect the United States from illegal immigration. Where is that thinking? Where is that thinking? The other thing is, you know, this uh, this whole uh, anxiety about people being detained, that they are in concentration camps. That they, uh, this is so far from from the reality uh, of what is happening. You know, the the detention centers are crowded, but they're crowded because thousands of people are coming across. That's why they're crowded. They're not crowded because people are just being rounded up, helter skelter, my friends. They're not being rounded up like the Nazis or anybody else. No, the people are crossing illegally. They are being detained, and that's where the crowding occurs. So, uh, you know, let, let's have some reality checks here. So uh, let's. Uh, we're going to go to our break, uh, but welcome to the show, my friends. I am. Uh, I, I hope uh, that you're telling uh, your your friends and associates about the program. Uh, we want to expand as much as we can. We want to get uh, the audience uh, to, uh, you know, to get broader on this. Uh, we're hoping that, uh, that uh, you will tell your friends and, uh, and help us to uh, promote our program. So at any rate, uh, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Welcome to our show. We'll be right back. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got uh, a special guest with us. And, um, uh, you know, this gentleman, this gentleman has a very, very interesting uh, background, and he's going to talk about it. Uh, he is uh, founder of an organization called Texit. Now, Texit, uh, he's going to explain, is different from uh, Brexit. So we don't want to make sure that we want to make sure that people understand that it's a it's a different concept than breakfast, Brexit. The uh, the British exiting the um, the uh, uh, European Union. It's a, a similar concept, but uh, well, he'll explain to us. So we want to welcome. Uh, Mr. Luis uh, Burrola, who is uh, out in uh, beautiful Odessa, out in the Permian Basin, and uh, ask him to talk to us. Uh, welcome to the show, Luis. Uh, tell us, what, uh, what is Texit, and um, how did you get involved? Thank you for having me, George. And uh, so Texit is um, a grassroots organization, and we are a group of conservatives from all over Texas, and um, we set up, you know, at, at events, at uh, carnivals, um, fiestas, or just anywhere. And so we're going to be setting up out there, and we're going to be educating the people, you know, all Texans on Texas history, the Constitution, um, you know, conservative values and everything. And then, you know, our educating is, and show them why we vote Republican. And so... Uh, that's, that's what the mission of Texit is. What, explain to them what, what Texit stands for. What what does that mean? What does it te- Texit Tex- stand for? Texit stands for Texans or Tejanos exiting the liberal left. Wow. But exiting the Democratic Party. 
Excellent. Wow. Now tell us, how did you end up in founding such an organization? What uh, I, I would imagine that you have exited the Democratic Party and the left. Tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Jesse Olguin and David, but also from the Lexit movement. And uh, I know that, you know, I, I used to be a Democrat back in the day. And so I, I was kind of involved with politics last year. And then I told myself I wasn't going to get involved this year. And it just seemed like it, you know, it went 360 and just, you know, being involved to, to going up to the White House on uh, in May 2nd, um, you know, and so... You know, we were talking, and I was like, man, I need to do something for, you know, for Texas. And so Texas has always been, its, you know, its own thing compared to the United States, even though we, we are, you know, part of the United States. But, you know, Texas has always leaded um, as far as an organization, as far as economy, as far as everything. And so I, I told myself, I, we need to do something for Texas and, and, you know, reach out to the people and, and get them to exit the Democratic Party just because, you know, they're so left-leaning, uh, socialism and, you know, all the free stuff that they're offering to people and, you know, choosing illegals over over its citizens, you know. Uh, you know, like Nancy Pelosi said, that Texas is ground zero, and so, you know, she's right. So that's what Texas is here is, is going to do, and we're going to be out there going door-to-door uh, speaking to people. Now, when you hear when you hear the the, the Democrats, for example, uh, like at their uh, at their debate, um, what is it that uh, what about what is it about their message that uh, that turns you off that uh, made you uh, leave the Democratic Party? What, uh, what 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 is it? I mean, what what are they saying that bothers you? Well, uh, one of the main things that that really really uh, you know just. It, turns me away from it is saying that they're for the Hispanic people or or for all people, for minorities, yet they're out here doing the opposite when they're in office. And so us as Hispanics, we are conservative uh, by nature. You know, we, we, were, we were raised conservative, and so we believe in God, we believe in family, we believe in, in pro-life and you know, nobody, I mean, I still haven't met anybody that wants higher taxes, you know, just so they can give it away to somebody else. But, you know, these things that that are important to us is what they're trying to do the opposite. And so, you know, that and pandering and, you know, it just makes it seem like we're stupid or something. But, you know, it, it's far from that. And so we, we're waking, we're waking up and so we're leaving the Democratic Party and I'm here. I'm here in Texas, and you know, like I told, uh, I told Brother David and them, like, man, Bethel can keep, and I hate calling him Bethel, but he keeps saying that, you know, he's, you know, for the Hispanic people, but, you know, we are a force to be reckoned with, and so we're going to go out there and we're going to flip it red. We're going to keep it red. Uh, there was a, a very interesting um, report by Nat, by Texas Public Radio today regarding the power of the. Uh, Hispanic Latino vote uh, in Texas. However, public radio, uh, Texas public radio, which is, you know, very liberal, uh, their spin was mostly about how uh, there is a possibility, and this is the word they kept using, possibility, potential, that uh, the Hispanic vote is going to turn Texas blue. Are Do you see, do you think that, tex- that uh, Latinos are uh, mostly Democrat. I mean, are they painting us all into a corner and and saying that we're we're all just Democrats? Is that what you're? I mean, uh, it, 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 do you think that that's uh, accurate? No, not at all. And so that's that's what they, you know, liberal minded people are are saying. You know, because people will read something and you know they can make you see it a certain way, but in reality, you know, what we're going to go out and do is. We're going to open their eyes and we're going to tell them, hey, you know, we, we're conservative. We believe in God. We believe in um, pro-life. We, you know, we don't believe in abortion. We don't, you know, none of that stuff. And so it's, it's all about us interacting with people. And so, it's, you know, telling them our testimony and, and showing them the way. And a lot of these times, these, you know, these, uh, these people, they're just, you know, they're not voicing their conservatism. 
Uh, you know, they're just turned off by politics overall because they don't know where to go. They see the media bashing Trump saying this and that. Yet, you know, they, you know, they're not researching. And so that's where the Democratic is getting at is that we're not out there seeking knowledge or, or, uh, reading up on things or, or, you know, debunking these, these false narratives. And so that's where the Democratic is, is, uh, reaching out to, to Hispanics. And to vote for them, and so we need to go out there and educate. Yeah, uh, here in San Antonio, we just had a, a very, uh, a very, very hotly contested mayoral election, and it was a uh, a uh, a mayor who uh, we have a mayor who is very, very liberal, uh, very, very liberal. Uh, they call him Ron, Rainbow Ron, and uh, it was very, very interesting that first of all there was a very small turnout. Uh, less than uh, less than twelve percent of voters uh, in a city that is sixty sixty five percent Latino, very small turnout, but also that um, the uh, enthusiasm for uh, Rainbow Ron was not that great. Uh, you would think that that liberals would would begin to understand that, but. You know, getting people to the polls is very, very difficult. Uh, how, what, how do you plan to do that? I mean, what, what do you think needs to be done? Well, on, on that area, you know, I've always told people that even even the GOP, you know, has failed as far as reaching out to the communities. And, and so uh, the thing that we need to do is we need to bring back true conservative grassroots. And this is you know, being active in our communities and, and, and talking to people. And when you're talking, you know, you're educating. And so and, and that's what it, it comes down to, that, you know, interaction. And, you know, you build that bond, that relationship with those people as friends. or And, so you know, that, that's what it's going to take because, you know, now anybody that's campaigning, all they want to do is the very minimum. They want to put it on the radio. They want to put it on social media, make an event. You know, the majority of the time, the people that come to the event are like-minded people. So they're not really actually reaching out to people or going out and educating. And that's something that us as as citizens, as patriots, need to go out and do. I couldn't agree. I could not agree with you more. I mean, we need to, uh, we, we really, really need to connect with more people. Uh, we almost need to do it like missionaries and get out there and, and do that. So um, uh, here in the last few moments or, or minutes of our of our interview... Uh, tell us, I mean, what what kind of goals? What, how can how can the rest of us conservatives help and support Texit? Well, uh, first off, uh, we would like to. You can always go to uh, our Facebook, which is uh, Texit, and so we also have a Facebook group. Um, you know, on Instagram, we're Texit eighteen forty five, and uh, pretty soon we're going to have Twitter and, and YouTube. But our website is being updated as we, as we speak. And it'll be www.texitct.com. And so, uh, you know, you can, we're going to have the feature where they can become a member. And if they want to be a representative as a, you know, conservative in their area, they can. And so, uh, that, and then also, you know, one of the things that everybody faces is, um, financial, you know, and I, I'm just pretty, you know, us as, as Hispanics, you know, we've always known to be, uh, working pretty hard. We work pretty hard. And so, you know, it's kind of hard to go out there and ask for donations, but you know, that's what it's going to take. And so, um, you know, because we have door hangers that we're working to go and hang up and at doors. And so, uh, you know, just things to set up at, at events right now, everything's just being, uh, uh, funded, you know, by me and, and the found the co-founder Alex Deanda out of the Panhandle area. And so, you know, it's, it's very limited, so we got to take care of our families. But that's, you know, that's what it takes. It's going to be prayer, uh, more people to join the movement, and and going out and educating, and you know, and, and uh, donating as well. Excellent, excellent. Uh, anything else that you'd like to share with the folks before we we, we go? Uh, we're talking to uh, Luis Barola. Uh, who is uh, the founder of Texit, not to be confused with exiting Texas exiting the, the Union, but Texit Tejanos exiting uh, the liberal left, the uh, Democratic Party in particular. 
is there anything else that you'd like to add, uh, Luis, uh, before we close? Uh, yeah, brother, I want to let everybody know that we have we have our first official TechSet networking and mixer uh, event in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And so if you want that information, they can go on our TechSet Facebook page, and we're, we have it all over the place. And uh, we're, we're there to support our brother uh, Fabian Cordova Vasquez, and he is running for District 33 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he is the first Christian Hispanic conservative uh, running on the Republican ticket ever in that district. So we're there to support him 100%. We we, we have endorsed him. And so, you know, they can get with him up on um, <clears throat> www.fcv2020.com or they can reach out to him on his Facebook page. And the gentleman's name once again? Fabian Cordova Vasquez. Gotcha. And he's running in the Dallas area. Yes, sir. District 33 against uh, uh, Beasley. Gotcha. Well, thank you very much, Luis, for being on the show. Um, folks, let's uh, do what we can to help uh, Texas. Uh, we need to we need to, to, to get more folks, uh, more Latinos out of the Democratic Party. And this is this is a vehicle. This is an organization that will do it. Luis, thank you for coming on our show. Thank you, brother. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP. 9.30 a.m. radio, The Answer in San Antonio. All right, folks, once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Uh, and we've got uh, a very, very good friend of mine, Mr. Manfred Wendt, who is from uh, Fort Worth originally, but he was down here at Trinity University, which is where I met him. And uh, he is now working with the Young Conservatives of Texas. And uh, the Young Conservatives of Texans of Texas, um, they work on college campuses. And we've uh, heard and seen a lot about what, what goes on on college campuses. So I wanted to get him on the show and uh, ask him uh, about uh, what he's doing now in, in this organization, Young Conservatives of Texans. So Manfred, welcome to the show. How are you doing? And tell us all about Young Conservatives of Texas. What is that all about? Well, I'm doing great, George. It's uh, fantastic to be on your show once again. Uh, just moved uh, briefly down to San Antonio after spending some time in Fort Worth, so it was uh, great to get back down into the San Antonio heat. So uh, YCT, to jump right into it, uh, we are the premier uh, youth organization for the conservative movement in the state of Texas on college campuses. And so with, uh, the way YCT works is we have, different, we have clubs on different college campuses, and these clubs will meet weekly or biweekly, and then they'll do tabling events, bring in guest speakers, and work to educate the students and professors and administrators on their college campus. And the way they do this is they'll bring in guest speakers that the administration wouldn't bring in or the Student Government Association wouldn't bring in or the economics or political science departments would never bring in. And they bring in these new ideas, and they do tabling events to push these ideas out on the conservative students and so most of our YCT chapters serve as the only conservative voices that students will hear in their four years of college. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I, find that, I find that amazing and tragic at the same time. So what are some of the goals? What are, what are some of the things that you've accomplished uh, that YCT has accomplished already? And what are the goals of the organization? So the goal of YCT, uh, broadly defined, is our goal is to educate people on what conservatism is, and also to create the next generation of conservatives. And the way we do that is by having meetings, doing tabling events, doing guest speakers, and bringing in, you know, college freshmen who may not know what they believe politically or may already maybe have came from a conservative community or a conservative family and decide they want, want to learn more about what that means. And so our first, our, first and primar, our first and primary goal is to educate people who are conservatives. And then after that, it's to educate other people uh, in Texas on who, like, who is a conservative in Texas and who isn't. And the way we do that is we, we um, issuing the longest continuous legislative ratings on the state legislature in the state of Texas. We've been doing them for over 40 years. Since, I believe, 1976, I would need to go back and look at the records. We're currently working on digitalizing them because they were actually taken on paper back in those days. Um, and so we focus on educating both the, our, our members the campus community and the state of Texas as a whole is our primary focus. 
no. what being a conservative is and what it means and all those things involved. It, it's it's very very interesting because obviously it, you know the college freshman year is a very formative uh, period. Um, how is it how is it that you do uh, work with some of these um, students, particularly when, uh, in my opinion, you know, I don't know if uh, it's been some time since I've been on on a college campus as a student, but uh, it, it just seems like they are being bombarded completely and totally immersed. Uh, by leftist liberal thinking, how uh, how do you uh, throw a lifeline or help uh, one of these students? So the biggest thing we do is we provide a community for those students. So what oftentimes will happen on a college campus is a conservative student will show up and say, you know, I'm just going to be a normal college kid, go to my classes, play an intramural sport, hang out with my friends, uh, and study. And they do that. And they make their friends, and then suddenly a news event happens. And their friend asks their opinion. And then that freshman will give them a conservative opinion. And then all their friends will be flabbergasted and say, how could you possibly be a conservative? And then the student has two choices. They can either crumble and change their beliefs or stay in their friend group, or they can stick up for themselves and say what they really believe and what their family raised them on. And then they may or may, they may, or may not lose that friend group. And so it happens a lot of times is YCT will grow in two spurts during a semester. The first spurt of growth will be after freshman orientation, we get all the conservative students together who are freshmen and want to you know, join the conservative club. The second spurt happens about halfway through each semester when different college students get, for lack of a better term, uh, lack of a better term, outed as being a conservative. And they'll lose their friends. And they'll say, well, I lost all my friends for being a conservative, so I might as well go, talk, I might as well go be friends with the conservatives. And so it's interesting how semester after semester this happens. Do you, uh, when you were at, at Trinity, did you see um, you know did you see any growth of uh, uh, of uh, not only the individual as a conservative, but cons- the number of conservative students? Uh, is there a growth, or is there a? Uh, I mean, uh, is it staying pretty steady? Uh, is it small? Is it large? What do you see as far as conservatives? Uh, students on campuses? So I would say the number is definitely growing in terms of people who are willing to come out and say that they are conservative. And I think you can definitely tie this to the election of Donald Trump because these conservative students who are now on college campuses were in high school when Trump won. And so what that means is, is that they didn't have to suffer the embarrassing behaviors we saw on college campuses from progressives with the cry circles and the whole nine yards that they went through when Trump won because they all thought they all thought Hillary had already won the election, and so you have this new age of conservative activists who were in high school and they came from a conservative high school. The high school probably celebrated the fact that Trump won, and so they came of age uh, with you know Don, with the way Donald Trump fights back against the media. We're starting to see that being replicated on the college campus, where students are coming in as freshmen, more ready to push back, more ready to fight for their values, and not willing to back down. And so I'd say there definitely has been a growth. Um, but I can also say that because, uh, for the same reason also, it's why we're starting to see college campuses being more aggressive towards conservatives. Because you ha- just like you have this new generation of conservatives who saw Trump want- win, you also have this new generation of progressive activists who saw Hillary lose. Wow. And so they're much more aggressive now because as far as they're concerned, Hillary had the presidency stolen from her because it was her turn. And that anger, you can see, reverberates through these younger progressive activists. Well, and, and also the, the, uh, the professors who, uh, you know, almost hold um, uh, grades over people's heads. It would seem to me that that would be a, a big, big challenge as well to some of these, uh, some of these young conservatives. Mm-hmm. So what I would say about grades is it's very, very difficult to prove that your grade was negatively impacted by your political beliefs. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's just, it's so hard to prove it. Um, that, and oftentimes professors, unless they're extremely radical, as long as you present yourself well and do a good job of being respectful and presenting your ideas from articulate intellectual positions, you generally can be fine. Um, it's when you uh, go off half-cocked and don't completely have your your ideas figured out where professors can uh, 
<laughs> undermining your grade. Gotcha. All right. Uh, here in the closing minutes, tell the folks um, how they can, uh, what, what conservatives, what fellow conservatives out here, what can we do to help and support young conservatives of Texas? So as fellow conservatives, first and foremost, being on a college campus can be a very dangerous place, as we've seen from what happened at Texas State in the spring um, and from what just went out about the University of Texas lady chapter being doxxed. They've been doxxed numerous times. But first and foremost, we need thoughts and prayers uh, when it comes to that sort of stuff. And then also, uh, at the Young Conservative Texas, we do need, we run off of, completely off of donations. So uh, people being willing to dig down in their pockets and support YCT financially uh, would help us be able to increase our programming and further our growth. Currently, YCT is in the midst of a very ambitious growth trajectory. We're going from eight chapters in January 1st to likely over 30 in December. Wow. Everyone, if everyone who listens to your show could go to YCT.org, and donate $20 a month to the YCT Educational Foundation, the 501c3, and donations to YCT uh, through the foundation are tax-deductible. If every one of your readers, would, uh, listeners, would go and donate $20 a month, uh, YCT could go above and beyond what it's already doing. And then in terms of immediate financial need, right now I need to find $1,000 in the next two weeks so that, way I can, we, so that way the foundation can afford the tabling materials, that it needs to supply all of these new chapters we're hitting. We're going from eight chapters to 24 chapters by August. And what that means is we have basically doubled in size and that we're going to have to double the amount of supplies that we purchase in order to supply all these brand new YCT chapters. Impressive. I'm very, very impressed. And uh, once again, how and where do we, do we uh, go to, um, to support YTC, YCT? So first and foremost, click on the search bar in your browser and type in YCT.org. YCT.org. There'll be a nice big contribute button after you put it after uh, you click on, after you get to the website. Go there, click on the foundation. It's on the left side. Uh, write in twenty dollars and make sure you click that reoccurring donation tab. Excellent. And every single one of these dollars is tax deductible and will go towards educating the next generation of conservative activists who could go means that you could be educating the next conservative precinct chair all the way up to the next, you know, president of the United States and it works out like that. <laughs> one of these dollars is, every one of these dollars is used to the best of our ability to further educate people on what is conservatism and help fight for our conservative values in the most toxic place towards conservative values of the American university system. Manfred, we've got to uh, close here, but thank you very much for, for being on. This Manfred Went, who's uh, give us your, your title once again with Young Ter- Conservatives for Texas. I am the Executive Director of the Young Conservatives Texas Educational Foundation. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us. We've got to get you back on. And, folks, we need to support them. We need to support Young Conservatives of Texas. Thanks again, Manfred, for being on our show. Thanks, George. God bless. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer. Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you are interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Now, let's, uh, let, me, let me chat with you briefly about um, one of the, main, the biggest questions that I'm constantly asked as I am going out and speaking to folks and as uh, I uh, talk 
uh, about illegal immigration is how do we stop it? What, why is it so hard to stop illegal immigration? Why can't we just do this or do that or do this or that? The problem is, my friends, the problem is that uh, there are several elements that benefit from illegal immigration. And these are big-time folks, big-time organizations, big-time institutions that benefit from illegal immigration. And that's why it's so difficult to stop it, okay? Uh, Let me break it down for you because, again, having been born and raised on the border, having been born and raised in South Texas around illegal immigration, having family that has been around illegal immigration for generations— I think I can speak uh, to the issue uh, pretty well from per- from personal experience, not only having worked in the Reagan administration on the issue, but also, you know, having studied it in college, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I-, I think I can speak with a certain amount of uh, with a certain amount of authority on the issue. So let me b- try to break it down as to what are the elements and why it's so difficult to address and stop illegal immigration. First of all, my friends, you've got the illegal alien and the illegal alien is going to come here either to try to make a good life, try to make some money and send it home, or because they're criminals fleeing their home country and they want a safe place where they can either start over or where they can just hide and continue their criminal enterprise. I mean, the illegal alien uh, is going to flee and come to the United States uh, by hook or crook uh, for various reasons, either for economic or for uh, to flee uh, a bad situation or to, you know, to flee the law, but they're going to come. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we need to, we need to be aware of that and we need to try to stop them. Secondly, my friends, and this is a big one. This is a big one. Secondly, the governments that they come from, the, the places that can, the nations that they come from, the governments like Mexico and the governments in Central America, they receive over $30 billion in remittance from the folks that send home money back to their to their families back in uh, Central America and in Mexico 30 billion with a b Mexico gets 30 billion the Central Americans get another 30 billion 60 billion to get uh, uh, all total now that is a lot of money that is a big incentive for these governments to send their illegal alien national citizens up here so that they can continue to get that that's a lot of money my friends 60 billion Sixty billion to both Central America and and uh, and to Mexico. This is this is why 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 they are you know they have no incentive to try to stop these folks from coming here. The the, the other the the third element here is uh, are the race baiters, the Chicano the Chicano uh, uh, activists, the Hispanic activists. These race baiters who, uh, you know, are involved in politics and in academia and in the media, you know, that they uh, they, they don't want to assimilate Latinos. They, they, you know, Univision, what would happen to Univision and Telemundo if suddenly everybody started speaking English? What would happen to those to the to, to those networks? What would happen to Spanish language TV and radio if suddenly everybody if all the Latinos started uh, speaking English? They oppose assimilation. They oppose the melting pot theory, they oppose Latinos becoming American first. And so, uh, you know, it's beneficial to them. They want to replenish the, uh, the, the, uh, their ranks, the ranks of, of, of Hispanic and Latino uh, who are Latino and Hispanics first. They want to. I mean, in my own family, in my own family, we have melted. I mean, after generations in the United States, we've we've followed the uh, typical American uh, immigration immigrant uh, system uh, or, or or process. We have melted. We have in my family. We have Hersey's. We've got Murdochs. We've got Lafleur's, as well as we have Deandas and Rodriguez's. Yeah, we have mixed. We have mixed in. But uh, that's not what the uh, Chicano activists, the Latino activists, these politicians and academians, academics, uh, people in academia that, uh, you know, these educators, that's not what they want. They profit off off of uh, unassimilated Latinos. Then, of course, you've got the Democratic Party. (laughs) The Democrats were once exclusionists. That means they were once opposed 
to e- to immigrants, both illegal and legal. They once deposed. They used to be, you know, unions. Unions were very very loud in fighting immigrants, and now all of a sudden they are embracing them. Labor unions. So I, I, you know, a good a good story is my dad. My dad in, in in Laredo, Texas. My dad organized a printers union to keep illegal aliens, to keep immigrants, to keep Mexican laborers from taking printers jobs. And, you know, and, and the Democratic Party backed him 100%. Then, of course, you've got uh, the use of Democratic poli- uh, political uh, bosses, the, 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 the way that political bosses in the Democratic Party have used poor people, particularly immigrants, legal and otherwise. You know, Boss Tweed, as the Irish got off the boat, Boss Tweed used to utilize them. Boss Tweed used to take them and, and use them and, vote and get, their, get them to vote. Same thing in South Texas. You know, all you have to do is just read about George Parr and Archie Parr. They used to do the same thing. And, uh, and it continues. Now that you've gotten rid of white political Democrat bosses, now you've got brown political bosses. You know, like the Filimon Vela family, like the, uh, the, the, the Cuellar bunch in, uh, in Laredo. You know, these folks, these folks, these folks use illegal immigrants as the basis for uh, uh, to to play ethnic politics, the employers. What can you say about the employers? The employers, my friends, it's cheap labor. That's what it's all about. Cheap labor. Employ that. This is why the Wall Street Journal screams about law and infor- about immigration enforcement, and, and this is why the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, as well as local chambers of commerce, are very very adamant in fighting illegal uh, to, in, 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 immigration law enforcement. When I worked in the Reagan administration, we had established, we, we passed the employer sanctions law that required employers to do this and do that to um, be sure that they were uh, hiring and, 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 uh, and, 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 you know, uh, well, just hiring that they were, they were hiring legal residents, legal immigrants. That you know, along with it, uh, if you didn't, there was there were penalties, there were regular audits. That has gone completely by the wayside. There are rarely audits, and I guarantee, my friends, there are lots of employers out there that are hiring, and, and uh, that are hiring and 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 employing illegal a- a- aliens. Why? Because they're cheaper. Ele- uh, em- employers found out a long time ago, my friends. They found out that a person. Uh, arriving that uh, in the United States that doesn't know the language, that doesn't have money, doesn't have the education, they will do anything to survive. They will do anything, and they will work hard at it. Yep. So I mean, the the whole cheap labor thing for for employers. I mean, that's a big one. Then of course there's the uh, progressives, the these liberals, these simple-minded, do-good liberals. Uh, most of them wealthy, the Hollywood bunch, the, 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 the elitists uh, in New York and in Massachusetts, these folks who, are, uh, who favor open borders and illegal immigration for, for a variety of reasons, mostly uh, because uh, they want them uh, for nannies, housekeepers, caregivers, gardeners. They want, uh, they want, uh, they want an army of folks to, to take care of them. You know, and if these border crossers uh, were, uh, just imagine if these border crossers, these illegal aliens were temporarily housed in summer homes in, uh, in, in uh, Stanford or Yale or uh, on the Cod, on Cape Cod. I mean, you would hear a screaming and yelling like you've never, like you've never heard before. But since they're not, and since they only go there and then leave and work, uh, and go home to their little uh, shanty towns. These these people don't really care. They love them. They love them, and they want to do whatever they can to protect them. Finally, and 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 you know, the, the, this is the element that's really sad: are the cartels and the criminals, los coyotes. As long as these folks, as long as illegal aliens are being encouraged to come to the United States, my friends, the cartels and the criminal alien uh, elements, they're going to take advantage of them. They're going to, uh, you know, as long as you've got illegal aliens who are willing to gamble with their lives to take a dangerous trip, in some cases with their kids, these human smugglers are going to take advantage of them. They're going to take their money. 
They're going to assault them. Sometimes they're going to be killed. You know, many times they're left to wander in the desert or in abandoned trucks once they get across. You know, it's terrible the way that they they are now utilizing children. And why? Because we are rewarding so-called families and their kids. Because once a family, so-called family, is here uh, with a kid, they are not, uh, not going to stay very long in, in a detention center. They're going to be released because of the Flores Act. Again, that's a reward, an excuse and a reward. And so they are endangering their kids. It encourages the cartels and the human smugglers to use these folks in their criminal, uh, in their criminal enterprise. The only folks that don't have an agenda in this whole situation are the taxpayer, the American taxpayer. You know, we're the only ones. You know, because we expect all immigrants to obey the same laws as we do. <laughs> Fat chance. So these are the elements, my friends. These are the elements that are, that are complicating our ability to address and stop illegal immigration. This is, the, all of these folks have, have either uh, politicians in their pockets or they've got uh, lobbyists in their pockets that in turn have the politicians in their pockets. So what do we need to do, my friends? It's very simple. It's very, very simple, but it's not going to, I mean, I, I, I have my doubts that it's ever going to be accomplished. What we need to do is, very simply, stop encouraging, stop excusing, and stop rewarding illegal immigration. We need to punish illegal aliens, so that way they will quit coming. And those who benefit from this source of human trafficking, those who profit from it, whether it's employers, whether it's the progressives, whether it's the cartels, whether it's the ethnic baiters, the ethnic racist, race baiters, even the Mexican and Central American governments, these folks that are profiting from it, they will, uh, their, their, their sources of benefits will, will dry up. We have got to cut that source that benefits these folks who use illegal immigration. My friends, it's, it, it's a tough battle, but we've got to do it. I'm not sure exactly how or when, but we've got to educate ourselves on how complex this is and who is benefiting so that we can address it. Once again, my friends, this is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. Thank you for being with us. I hope that you will support us. Tell your friends about our program. Tell your friends about our show. Until next time. Have a good one. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.